Hello, His House. It's Wednesday. I know I missed last week, but we're going to do another podcast today. Been thinking about the Christmas season. Well, it's right upon us here. Day before Christmas Eve here today, and I'm just thinking about the Christmas story lately. And it's easy for us to make Christmas all about baby Jesus, which I, I guess in some ways it has, it is, and that's why we celebrate the season, but um, I think there's a whole lot more going on in the Christmas story itself, even than the coming of a small child in a manger in Bethlehem, and a lot more than cattle lowing, and a lot more than shepherds and wise men, although they they have huge parts to play in the Christmas story. The Christmas story was a lot more than that. I was thinking about everything that was going on culturally when Jesus was sent to this earth. The world that Jesus came to wasn't a world that was easy. It wasn't a world that was safe. It wasn't a world that was really in a good place. Not, not only was the world not that way, but especially the region and the area into which he came. If you think about it, I mean, just for example, Herod, when he heard about the possibility of there being another king who was sent um, by God to his people, decided the best course of action was to go and to slaughter any child within two years of when this king was thought to be. That's pretty extreme. That's that's pretty crazy. In, in the, it wasn't just Herod who was corrupt. I mean, we had the Roman government who was overseeing, I guess, a large portion of the world at that time, the known world at least to those people. And the Roman government was pretty corrupt. We had tax collectors. We had people who were exploiting their power. We had people who were oppressing the poor, who were oppressing the needy. The world that Jesus came to wasn't calm. It wasn't peaceful. It wasn't fixed. It wasn't good. It was a broken world. It was a hurting world. It was a world that was full of corruption. It was a world that was full of brokenness. Honestly, I don't know that it would be much unlike the world that we know today. We see corruption on the worldwide scale. We see greed controlling people's lives, controlling their hearts. We see resentment. We see animosity. We see um, huge disagreements that lead people apart. We had the Pharisees, the Sadducees. We had the Zealots. We had so many people, even within Jesus' own people group, the Hebrews, who had great areas of segregation and disagreement. And in the midst of that, and in the light of that, God chose that time to send his Savior, to send his son Jesus to this world. I really honestly don't fully know what it would have been like to live in the world in the time that Jesus did. But I'd be curious to have experienced it. Not because I want to live in a world where, where babies are slaughtered or there's the, the, the sort of hurt and the sort of segregation that occurred there. But I would like to experience it just to know how much alike the world that we live in today Jesus was brought into. You see, I don't know fully what he was brought into, but he was brought into a time where people were killed for fun, for entertainment. His crucifixion was a spectacle. 
the world that Jesus was brought into is a broken world. No questions about it. So, I was just thinking about that and thinking about the situation that God chose to bring his son in. And there was a few passages about Jesus' coming and that we hear normally during the Christmas season that maybe even spoke more relevant and more true to me, at least in my heart, right now than they ever have before. And really, the proclamations of Jesus' coming were proclamations that stood in great contrast to the world that people lived in during that day. Okay? So, here's one of the things that was said. This is uh, said to, to Mary, or about Mary, about the conception and the birth of Jesus. This is Matthew 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Jesus, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for you save his people from their sins. Now this all took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, she shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So here Mary and Joseph live in a time of turmoil, in a time of trouble, in a time of maybe even just despair for for the people of Israel, for the Hebrews. And this message is sent to Mary. You shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. So this is a reminder there that God is with us. He's with us even in the midst of struggles. He's miss, with us even in the midst of trials. He's with us no matter what has been going on. No matter what happened previously, you think all the way back to the declaration that God gave Israel in the book of Deuteronomy, he said, Behold, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus didn't just come as a, a fulfillment. Well, he did. It, I mean, he did come as a fulfillment to that, but it wasn't just as a fulfillment of that. It was as a reminder that God's presence was with his people the whole time. Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us regardless of what's going on. What a great reminder and encouragement that was for the people. There's also, um, in the book of Luke, a verse that points to who Jesus is. This verse happens in the midst of God's declaration to uh, a group of shepherds. A group of poor, overlooked, lower class, considered unworthy unholy and unclean by their culture, people. But also people who would oversee the sacrifices that people were commanded in God's word to give. Um, they were the people who were caring probably for the temple's sheep, those sacrifices that would be given on the Passover, the, the keepers of the Passover lambs. God decided to declare to them his presence, his coming to the people. And the angel of the Lord came before them. This is Luke chapter 2. And it says, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. 
For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now that's kind of a cool picture, don't you think? In the midst of the the struggles, the turmoil, everything that, that was going on in the world around you, them, he says, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. And this is probably a group of people that's hungry for good news. A group of people that's hungry for great joy. A group of people that is overlooked, ignored, relegated as unworthy. And this is the people that God declared first his coming to. And he says to them, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That is so powerful. Such a powerful thing. And I was thinking in the season and the situation that we we live in, it seems like, man, I don't know about you, but 2019 wasn't a bad year. I don't honestly believe 2020 was a bad year either. But one thing that I've noticed is, man, this seems like our world is growing in turmoil. It seems like our world is growing in hurt. It seems like our world is growing in dissatisfaction, in greediness, in despair. And I don't think that these announcements of Jesus' coming, of Jesus' presence, of God's life with us is any different now than it was then. In the midst of everything going on, I believe that there's God's declaration to us, particularly in this Christmas season, as we think about Jesus' coming to earth, a recognition and awareness of a message of good news, of great joy, of peace on earth, a reminder of God's presence with us. Those are powerful things. Those are things that we celebrate. We celebrate, yes, the birth of Jesus. I mean, that's what it is. We tell our kids, we, we've probably always heard, it's, it's Jesus' birthday. But even more than Jesus' birthday, what Christmas season really is all about is a remembrance and a reminder that God is with us, that God is in control, that God has brought us glad tidings, good news, great joy, even in the midst of trials and struggles. God's people didn't have an easy go of it after Jesus' birth. In fact, I think with the coming of Jesus, things got a little bit worse for them. I don't know what it would be like to lose a generation of infants, mass genocide to occur. I don't know what it would look like to have um, intense persecution in terms of taxation from the Roman government. I don't know what it looked like to have the, the level of exploitation that the people of Jesus' day experienced. But it just seems to me that it would be a challenging time and place to live. But here's the message that God has even in the midst of that. Peace on earth and goodwill to other men. That's powerful. I hope something here that I've said is an encouragement to you this Christmas season. 
I can let you all know for sure that I'm praying for you. That I'm praying that you would recognize and see God's presence in your life, even right now in the midst of wherever you happen to be, whatever you happen to be thinking about, whatever it is has your attention. I pray that God's presence would be revealed and made real to you today. Thanks, guys, for sharing this time with me. And I hope to talk to you again soon. God bless.